Happy New Year, everyone. This is Valentina Flores, CEO of Red Century, and this is the Control-Alt-Secure podcast where we talk about all things cybersecurity. And we're doing something a little bit different today. Normally, we have outside guests come on and talk about their areas of expertise, but today we actually have one of our in-house project managers, Jacob Boren, and we're going to take a look back at 2023, look at some of the common trends we saw among our clients and our testing. And we're also going to take a look forward to 2024, how security is evolving and some simple things that companies can do to increase their security posture this coming year. So Jake, I appreciate you being on today. Start out with your role and what your responsibilities are at Red Century. I'm a project manager here at Red Century. So it's pretty much my job to oversee and lead all of the pen tests that we do here. So I get to work with a team of in-house testers who are absolutely incredibly brilliant hackers. And I get to work and talk to some of the coolest clients that I possibly can. And you have a pretty cool boss, right? Yeah, I do. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jake, let's take a look back at 2023. We had a lot of tests that we oversaw this past year. But let's start back at the basics. You know, why are most companies getting pen tests done that we're seeing? I really want to say it's because of compliancy. We do have a couple of clients that will come up and, you know, they really just want an idea of their security posture or we'll have a client that's cooking up something on their web app and their devs haven't released it into production just yet and they're wanting to make extra sure that it's safe. We'll see that from time to time. But it really mainly is compliance. Yeah, and what are some of the compliance frameworks you're seeing most often? We're seeing a lot of SOC too. And we're also seeing mm-hmm. a lot of FDA. Okay, yeah. FDA, we, we just did a recent podcast for that because the FDA had so many changes this year on who needs pen tests for medical devices and such. So I know especially Q3 and Q4, we had a ton of that. Do you see certain industries getting pen tests more than others? I do, especially here in these last couple of months. I want to say the two biggest industries so far have been finance and healthcare. I think they've been on our desk pretty often. And- So those companies and others, what are the types of tests getting done most often? Like what environments are they trying to get tested? Well, for healthcare, there's a lot of device testing and there's also a lot of internal testing. And then when you look over to finance, you're seeing a lot more of web application and mobile testing. Okay. And can you explain just for people that are a little less familiar with security, the difference between an internal test and like a a web app test, for example? Yeah. So a web application test pretty much just tests the public face of your company, which is your website. And that's just to get an idea of your overall web application security, any way that an attacker could possibly work their way from the inside, any way an attacker can take over your website, any way that they can take data from that site. Maybe you have some sensitive data exposure there. Maybe we're able to do some IDOR, indirect object reference, and we're able to go into your web application, and we're able to get a hold of access or resources that, as a regular user, we're really not supposed to have access to. And then for an internal engagement, our question always is, say a attacker works their way in from the outside, what resources would they then have access to that they shouldn't? Could they upload ransomware? Could they pivot to another network? And then with those tests, so say you do 10 different internal engagements or 10 different web app engagements, are you seeing like the same vulnerabilities popping up in most environments or is it completely different every time? What's like the trend there? Well, we are seeing a lot of the same vulnerabilities pop up. I know that there's a couple of coming out or overlaps between external and web app, for instance, like missing security headers. That's one that we often find on external. 
We're seeing, like I said, a lot of IDOR on web apps. For external, we're also seeing things like user enumeration, which is very common, sensitive data exposure, which is another overlap between external and web application. So we are seeing a lot of the same findings over and over again. The good news is, is that a lot of the same findings or a lot of the common findings that we're coming across aren't necessarily a critical or a high severity. So a lot mm-hmm. of the times these are like just lower informational. What are some of the critical ones that you see kind of popping up the most that, you know, we're notifying clients right away because it's a critical vulnerability? Well, for things like internal, it's always like remote code executions. In mm-hmm. some cases for web application, cross-site scripting can be pretty dangerous. So can server-side request forgery. So looking at, besides like the tests we've been doing, just security as a whole, what changes do you see going on in security right now? For example, hacker skill level is always like a very evolving thing. What are we seeing there just overall? Well, I'm thinking that black hat skill level is kind of being amped up by AI a little bit because Mm -hmm. with the rise of ChatGPT and other LLMs, for every 10 tools it feels like the blue team has, there's like a thousand that the attack could actually use. Um, And then what about like internally, what are some of the things that the white hats are doing to kind of try to keep up or to decrease that skill gap a little bit? I would say the use of AI tools. I mean, that absolutely definitely mm-hmm. helps because, I mean, that's an extra person in the room that a lot of the times is going to be a little bit smarter <laughs> than some of the other users. <laughs> and it's going to be yep. able to actually look for things that sometimes that we may glaze over, we may take for granted. And then with this kind of evolution of security, like obviously cybersecurity is not going away. More companies are getting tested, whether it's for compliance or whatever reason. Do you see industries getting secure or is there still like a huge gap there between the security level they need and then where they're at? Well, that's a very good question. Whenever I was first getting into cybersecurity, it really did seem like nobody cared about securing anything. And after working up here, it's very, very apparent that that's not the case. There are a lot of mm-hmm. businesses from both the small to the bigger levels that very much do care about their businesses, that care about the security posture, care about the reputational harm that being breached could do. And then you also have some bigger companies that really just don't care. And in cases like MGM, even the response is not always the best. Yeah, that was a huge hack recently, obviously. Mm-hmm. 2023 had a lot of different really large hacks and we're going to be releasing some information to everyone soon on just kind of a look back, some infographics and information on the hacks that happened in 2023 and what vulnerabilities led to those and ways companies can stay protected against those threats. And I do think it's important to point out, you know, we talk about the companies that get hacked and it's easy to kind of point finger and stuff, but Mm -hmm. no company is ever completely unhackable, right? I mean, we can have all the security settings in the world and make it our priority, but at the end of the day, it's always a vulnerability. There's a vulnerability somewhere. And whether it's in the technology or in the human element, you talked about AI. Mm -hmm. Phishing is one of the biggest areas that AI is just going to explode. We're already seeing like really, really realistic phishing, you know, mm-hmm. deep fakes and I mean, everything else that's evolving. So no matter how secure your technology is, you always have that human element as well. Exactly. We do like social engineering tests as well. Are you seeing a lot of companies get those or what's kind of the priority around social engineering and phishing and, and vishing? It is my favorite type of 
engagement to perform because it's, you know, it's all, it feels detective-y, especially whenever you're trying to gather pretext and I'm trying to find out as much information on your employees as I possibly can. Like that whole thing is just so fun. But unfortunately, it really doesn't seem to be that big of a deal for a lot of these companies. It seems to kind of be in the back burner. A lot of times, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but it does seem like these companies are like, okay, we'll just filter or close a port and that'll be it. We don't really need to do any training on social engineering for our employees. Or if they do have to do training for whatever it is, compliance, SOC 2, they have that PowerPoint that the employees just click through and, you know, I come from the government world. So, I mean, I did that for years, just click, 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 click. You completed your security awareness training. So I do think like on the training piece, we have to get a lot more deliberate with it and we need Mm -hmm. to really mature up that social engineering piece. And a pen test is really a good way to start there. A social engineering Mm -hmm. test where you can see what kind of information your company's giving out, or if there are weak links in certain departments, maybe HR is completely foolproof, but then customer support is giving out information. So that test is really a good starting point to see what that posture is. And it's so easy to focus on the technology, but that's definitely a huge gap that I see a lot too. Mm -hmm. I guess based on all that, looking forward to 2024, I guess this is an oversimplification, but where should companies be focusing security efforts? Definitely in the employees. And of course, I'm not going to knock any of the effort or the you know, effect of trying to make your business a digital Fort Knox. Absolutely. Please go <laughs> ahead. But on that same token, none of that matters if I can, in a span of two or three hours, come up with a pretext and call your guy at the help desk and then within five minutes have credentials to your network. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, you know, sometimes when I'm doing like speaking engagements, people will ask about this crazy zero day exploit that just got released and how do we protect against it? And it's like, all right, well, your people haven't changed their passwords in the last 10 years. So like, it's like, it's like building blocks in 2024 for me, like, let's take those very basic baby steps and Mm -hmm. create that foundation and then we can build upon it and create Fort Knox. But yeah, it's frustrating to me when we focus so much on these crazy exploits, which are obviously important, but we're not doing that foundation work. Right. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. There are a lot of times where it really seems like the number one thing on their mind is that latest scary zero day that's just come out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, the biggest threat to your business is Steve at the help desk right now. Because he's yeah. just giving information all willy-nilly. And I think sometimes when people get a pen test report or if they're thinking about getting a pen test, it can be overwhelming mm. to get back a report that has 20 different things. And it's like, where are the hours in the day to fix all this stuff? But really it's just about, my team makes fun of me for analogies all the time, but my favorite one that I'm sure I've used on here before is you don't have to outrun the bear. You have to outrun the person next to you. And it's like, you don't have to close up every single hole, but every vulnerability that you do fix is one step more secure. Like that's one more vulnerability that maybe that hacker tried, couldn't get in and moved on somewhere else. So mm. you take a pen test report and we separate it by severity. You can kind of prioritize your focus. This is a high vulnerability and it's gonna take eight hours of work or this is a medium vulnerability, but it only takes one hour to fix. And that's where companies have to figure out that prioritization, but it doesn't have to be some sweeping all in one 
security revamp. It can happen over time and kind of mm-hmm. as a progressive betterment. And that's even internally. We're always just looking for small things we can do to increase that security posture. So we talked about employees, but let's just getting back to tech to kind of finalize it out. So for companies that are overwhelmed with everything going on and all these different projects and big overhauls, what are a few simple things that companies can do in 2024 to strengthen their security? If you were to give them like just a few easy things to put on their roadmap. Are you looking like what are some findings that we've uncovered that would be like really simple fixes that they, that they can use? Yeah. Yeah, either that or it could be like a policy. I mean, just a simple measure that could make a big difference in their security posture. Oh, man. Changing default passwords would be absolutely great. <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> to not see anymore. Especially <laughs> on the great. internal side. We'll go in on and do internal engagements. And I can't tell you how many times we've gone in and there's default password on printers, default password on phone systems. Just simple changes. Just change that to something else (laughs) and share that with the team. Yeah, that's a good point on internal because I think a lot of people think, well, it's internal, so the hackers aren't inside, so therefore it doesn't matter if it's default inside because you have to get a password to get into it, Mm -hmm. right? But I think a lot of people, not even just external malicious hackers that find passwords, we know that passwords are leaked continuously all day long, but not even that threat, but you also have a rise in insider threats and people Mm -hmm. that are inside a company and are either doing something themselves or selling that access to hackers. And so insider threats, I feel like are very overlooked as well. So that's a good point. If you do get keys to the castle, if everything's on default, there's no segmentation, there's no block to the rest of it. And then I'd say from my side, one other thing that I was just reminded of was third-party vendor verification. I think it was very underrated this past year. You can make Fort Knox, but then if you're letting a delivery man come in, that's just as big of a threat. So one simple free thing that every company could do in 2024 is just have like a vendor security questionnaire and make everyone that you're a vendor with fill out the security questionnaire. And, you know, we have to do them all the time. And I love when companies give us those questionnaires to fill out because it means that they're making sure that anyone they deal with also has strong security measures. And I think Mm -hmm. that is something free that a company can do without touching their own tech stack that instantly makes them more secure. I agree. Anything else? Any final thoughts or advice for 2024? Hmm. Advice? Just final thoughts. I don't really know if I have any advice for some of these bigger companies. <laughs> My final thought would be just doing something. It doesn't matter if it's the best thing or everything, but do something. Make it part of your 2024 goals and your strategy to just make some kind of improvement somewhere, have it written down in your goals. Yeah, I think my advice would be this is a lather, rinse, repeat area. There is no such thing as a blanket firewall that's going to be able to protect you from everything. There's not a software that's going to be able to prohibit a zero-day exploit from getting at you, from being created. It's very much you have to be aware of what your tech stack is. You have to be aware of really how many employees you have, how they kind of go about their day-to-day because there's a lot of open holes there for social engineering. And again, in cases like MGN, I mean, that can absolutely just take you out. So just being proactive throughout the year, even if it's being more engaged with your SOC team 
or yeah. it's making sure that you're doing social engineering training three or four times a year. Just being proactive is really half the battle here because there's so many companies out there that really just don't care. And a lot of them that don't care do end up being breached. And I think the ones that get breached that are these very big multi-billion dollar companies, they kind of do give a bad name to a bunch of the other companies. And it kind of makes them seem like they also don't care about security. Yeah. Yeah. Ignorance is not bliss in cybersecurity. <laughs> you got to know what's going on in your company and you got to know what the vulnerabilities are. You can't turn a blind eye and just ignore it and hope the hackers go away. All right, Jake. Well, I really appreciate you being here today. Appreciate the work you did in 2023 and looking forward to 2024. Hey, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks, Jake. Bye. Bye.